0: Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, if you'll take them out, we're going to go together to Matthew, the sixth chapter, Matthew chapter number six, Did you find it, I want to take just a, a moment and share with you some information regarding uh, the new year, some things that we're going to be doing as a church, the new year. Number one, I mentioned to you, I, I told you last Sunday at the close of the service, that video you just saw Equatorial New Guinea. Uh, we are able as a congregation to build a new church uh, right there in Equatorial New Guinea, to have a place for people to come together and hear the gospel. It is because of your faithfulness, it's because of your giving to missions above and beyond our support to our missionaries that enables us to not just uh, support a missionary, but to also do some tangible things uh, in those nations. And so God bless you for your faithfulness in those areas. The Lord has been speaking to my heart for a little while concerning the new year and uh, us as a congregation as we start the new year, and next Sunday... I'm going to be giving you some information. I wanted to kind of lay the groundwork a little bit today. Next Sunday, I'm going to have uh, some forms for you, some different information to share. But we're going to do something we've never done as a congregation. We're going to, at the beginning of the year, we're going to do a fast together as a church. And I believe this, there are things that happen when God's people fast and pray. There are some things that move mountains that otherwise they're not going to move. People who year after year after year after year carry the same things, continue to walk the same path, they never see a breakthrough, they never see a change. And there's some things, Jesus said, are only going to come about by prayer and fasting. There is power when God's people set aside the things of this earth to seek Him. And so next week I'm going to be sharing uh, with you. We will begin our fast on Monday the 6th uh, of January. We'll begin it together. And so I'll have more information for you coming up uh, next weekend in regard to that. This morning's service does not, uh, you know... The Lord knows how to orchestrate exactly what we need when we come together. You know, uh, I had planned uh, for a couple weeks what I was going to share with you today. Last night, the Lord began to change uh, my message. And then during the night, my wife ended up uh, not feeling well and so colton stepped in to lead and and the songs that he chose and put together are exactly in line with the things that the lord laid upon my heart to share with you today and he and i haven't had any conversation except the lord holds the conversation the lord is the author of it all isn't he today i want to talk to you for a few minutes about trusting god with your future trusting god with your future being at peace about the future you know we we often trust god for our current needs what i've got going on in my life today what's pressing today what i'm seeing today what i'm walking through today what i'm experiencing today but often we can have a sense of uncertainty and and really probably some words that we would put with that is the word fear we have some fear about the unknown don't we the unknown it's beyond our control uh, the truth is, you and I are sitting here the last Sunday of 2019, and I've heard so many people talk about the fact that 2019 has flown by. You know, we, we talked about Christmas, man, it's here, it's gone, and we're still full steam ahead in life. And you know, 2019 has brought some things that the truth is, a year ago today, sitting in this place, uh, we did not anticipate some of the things that some of you have walked through this year. Some things that have been very pleasant things to walk through. And as well, many of you have walked through some things that have not been pleasant. They've been very difficult. Times of sorrow, times of brokenness. And there are things that we just don't know. And often that can lead us with a feeling of, oh my goodness, 2020, what is 2020 gonna hold for my life? You know, what what changes will come to my life? And being the fact that they are unknown to us, that creates a sense of uncertainty. It creates a spirit of worry. It can create a spirit of fear. But this morning, I want to share with you today, and not only just with you, but I want to share with it to me. I I have to tell you, I'm preaching to the preacher today. Uh, The words of Jesus, he always has something to say, you know what? 2020 may be uncertain for you and I, it is not uncertain for him. Can you say amen? He knows the beginning and the end. He's never surprised. He's never caught off guard. And I will tell you this, I do not know what 2020 holds, but no matter what it holds, I know God is faithful. Faithful. God is faithful God will carry us through God will walk with us God will be with us on the mountaintop and God will be with us in the valley nothing will take him off guard nothing will uh, confuse him or worry Him. the father today is sitting on the throne and because he's sitting on the throne he's not worried one bit he has all things under his control So as we approach this new year, I want us to walk through the words of Christ and my prayer today for you, my prayer today for my life is that we will find new strength and new resolve as we enter into a uh, new season of our lives. Matthew chapter number 6, beginning in verse number 25, Jesus preaching these words, therefore I tell you. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Listen to these words to you today. Are you not much more valuable than they? You have incredible value to God today. Your life is not pointless. It's not aimless. It's not without help. You are of great value to God. He didn't have to die on the cross. He didn't have to create you and I. He chose to do those things. He loves us with an everlasting love. Verse 27 Tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you? Notice these words. You of little faith. So do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we wear? And what shall we drink? For the pagans run after all these things. Here's another good word for you. And your... He's your heavenly Father... (laughs) And your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Have you ever worried about something? I have. Sometimes I can put both hands up. We all understand what it is to worry. It's something we can relate to. We worry about our kids. We worry about our jobs. We worry about our marriages. We worry about our finances. How, anybody in this room ever worry about money? Be real honest. Did you just say, I've worried about money before? I'm assuming most of you haven't worried because you had too much. <laughs> you know, I don't know what I'm do with all this money that just keeps coming in. <laughs> Usually, it's I don't know what I would do with all these bills that keep coming in. <laughs> we understand what it is to worry. Worry can control, worry can manipulate, worry can gridlock your life. I heard sometime back, I heard somebody say this phrase worry chokes the life out of us. Worry has the ability to choke. It has the ability to strangle the life. And and it literally has the ability to rob us of the vibrancy for life. Worry can rob you of peace. Soundness of mind. Here's one. Worry will rob us of our physical health. It robs us of emotional health. It will rob us of spiritual well-being. When you look at that passage in Matthew chapter six, we find that Jesus had some things to say about life, and more importantly, he had some things to say about your life and my life in relationship to worry. Look at verse 25 there in Matthew 6, "Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear it is not life more than food, and the body." more than clothes you will notice the word therefore in verse 25 it is it is tied to the preceding verse verse 24 therefore binds the two together verse 24 says this no one can serve two masters you'll either hate one and love the other or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other You cannot serve both God and money. I want to clear up a misconception. There are many that say, well, that's proof that God doesn't want us to have the blessing of having money, and God doesn't want us. God is not, listen to me, God is not worried at all about you having any money. He's concerned about money having you. There's the difference. And he says this, when money and worldly goods and worldly things begin to have us, we should hold on to them with very loose strings because no matter how hard you've worked to get it, it can all be gone in a moment. It does not define your life. And and if you're looking into 2020 and, and you're saying, you know what, this year I'm planning on making more money and as a result I'm going to be happier than I've ever been before, you are probably going to be the most miserable individual this year because having the money, friend, it will not make you happy. You see, what happens is if we're not careful when money has us, our trust begins to go into the money. And we begin to think, well, I'm comfortable. We're kind of like the man in in the Gospels where he said, you know, I've got all this. I've I've stored away all these things in my barns. I've built bigger barns. I've put a wall away. Now I can relax and be happy because my security and my confidence is in what I have. Notice he says these words, you can't serve uh, temporary, temporary riches and God at the same time. So if we can't serve God and the false security of riches at the same time, we have to ask ourselves, so then how do we serve God in that process? Jesus answers the question for us in verse 25 when he says these words, Therefore I tell you, do not worry. In, in the original, the, the, the language there really kind of speaks to us. It's really saying this, to stop worrying. Look at your neighbor and say, stop worrying. If you're sitting by yourself, just say to yourself, self, stop worrying. Stop worrying. Does that apply to anybody here today? (laughs) Amen. If nobody else gets this, the pastor's going to get it today. Stop worrying. We've all had struggles. We've all had difficulties with worry. In this passage, Jesus begins teaching the crowd, and really what he's doing is he's teaching through the crowd all the way 2,000 years later to you and I sitting together in this room, standing on the precipice of 2020, wondering what the next year will bring. I want to share with you some thoughts today about worry and what worry does to our life. The first thing I would share with you is this worry takes our focus off of what's most important. Worry takes our focus. Uh, the, the word we used earlier to describe worry was the word rob. It's what it does, it's how it performs in our life, it's how it conducts itself. You can't, have you ever noticed you can't calmly worry about anything? You know, somebody says, What are you doing today? Oh, I'm just right back in the chair worrying. It just doesn't work that way, does it? If you're worrying, you're pacing the floor. If you're worrying, your mind is up. If you're worrying, it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you're all over the place and everybody else is sleeping. But you're not sleeping. Why? Because I'm up worrying. Worry is not something you can passively do. It's because of the nature of worry. Worry is a robber. It's a thief. And what it does is it takes our focus off of what matters most. Verse 25, Jesus said, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Now, when we look at this passage, what we see is the idea that eating how many of you know that eating and drinking is pretty important? How many of y'all have engaged in that the last couple of days? And as a result of all the eating and drinking, you got new clothes for Christmas because the ones in 2019 aren't fitting so well anymore. 2019 has been a good year for some of us. <laughs> eating and drinking, we, we kind of get this idea that it's one of the necessities of life. What Jesus is trying to say to us today is don't worry about life's necessities. I don't know about you, but that strikes me as odd. If I'm going to worry about something, it ought to be the big things, shouldn't it? If I'm going to worry, probably if I'm going to worry, it's going to be, yeah, eating, drinking, that's, that's pretty important. You know, right now... The whole clothing issue, you know, I saw people out there today, shorts, and you know, day after Christmas, everybody's window's down on the car, everybody. Just in case you're wondering, winter is coming back. Yeah, and that code is going to kind of be important. <laughs> when we look at eating, drinking, clothes, what we're going to wear, it seems odd that Jesus would say, don't worry about those things that you and I would see as necessities. Because those seem like the things we should worry about. But Jesus, he counters that idea. The idea of what we eat and what we wear constituting to be the main thing in our life. And he he does counter it in verse 25 when he says these words. Is not your life more than food and your body more than clothes? What Jesus is saying in this passage is the real issues of life are not the basics. They're not the temporary but the eternal. He's trying to switch our focus. The real issues of life are far more important than what you and I eat and what we're going to wear. Worry causes us to concentrate on the things that aren't the most important. Here's the point. When was the last time That you came upon somebody who was worried about one of the real big things. And let's let's just probably top it. Probably none bigger in our lives than eternity. How many times do we come across people and they're just worried about eternity and they're they're worried? about am I ready to meet God? Is my life right with the Lord? Am I being the husband I need to be, the, the spouse I need to be? Am I being the, the believer that I need to be? Am I the child of God He created me? Not too many people are really worrying about that, are they? Here's the reality. Most of the time, we spend our time worrying about the little thing. The problem with worry is worry takes our focus off what really matters most. You see, worry causes distracted attention. It causes us to focus on things that are not the most important in our life. How many of you have uh, worried and the things you worried about came about? Most of the things we worry about never even happen. I wonder if we were to take 2019 and if, 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 if somebody somewhere could hook you and I up to a computer and it could compute all the hours and the minutes that you and I spent worrying in 2019, I wonder how many weeks, how many months of 2019 it might fill. And I would venture to guess that the majority of the things that you and I have engaged in worry about have never even happened. How many sleepless nights? How many hours of worry, listen to me, that has taken our focus off of the things that mattered the most? See, that's what worry does. It distracts your attention from the thing that matters most. Number two is this. Worry doesn't have the power, listen to me, to change anything. Worry doesn't have the power in your life to change anything. Look at verse 27. Jesus asked this question, and and I would submit this question to you as well today. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? We can worry about our age. We can worry about how long we're going to live. We can worry about how much longer of a future do I have. We can worry what is ahead of me. We can worry about what 2020 may bring. Jesus said, you and I are not going to live any longer by worrying about it. Because worry doesn't change anything. In fact, I would submit to you today, the more we worry, the less time we'll live. Matthew chapter 6, verses 28 and 29, Jesus asked this question, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They, they do not labor or spin, and yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Worry Doesn't change anything. Have any of you ever worried about the effects of getting older? Isn't it funny when when you talk to a a young kid, seven, eight, nine years old, and you say, how old are you? And I am nine and a half. I'm going to start doing that step. I'm going to take the half off before my birthday (laughs) when we're kids all we think of is i'm gonna be bigger i'm gonna be better i'm gonna be older we get older we're like lord i need some subtraction here you know you and i don't like getting older but i would submit to you you don't like the other option because you either get older or you die getting older is not so bad huh 2020 is going to be a good birthday year. (laughs) We say things like, I don't want to be older. I, I don't want this. I don't want that. The truth is, you and I can think about getting older all we want. Listen to me. But it won't change anything at all. Mary Kay L'Oreal, hair growth for men, you can get it all, it's temporary, you can only cover it up, poke it, pull it, prod it, stretch it, (laughs) only do so much, worrying about it doesn't change anything. You can be 50 and try to be 25, and everybody around you knows you're not 25. <laughs> Who are we fooling? You put a 25-year-old next to you, and just like, yeah, yeah, you're a kid, and you're not a kid. Yeah. Worrying about getting old. And let's just be real honest for a minute. I know today we're talking about spiritual matters. But I think the truth is there's probably not a person in this room. Uh, I, I don't know what the age is when you start being concerned about your age, but yeah, when you're young, you don't even think about it. I wonder how much more profitable of a life we'd live in our later years if we were like young ones and we didn't even worry about it. Jesus said, which one of you, by worrying, can even add another hour to your life? By worrying, can you get taller? By, by worrying, can you get less tall? By worrying, can you, can you get more wide or less wide? By worrying, can you get more hair or less hair or more wrinkles or less wrinkles? By worrying, can you, can you stop the aging process? He said the things that we worry about are distracting us from the things that really matter most. Worrying doesn't change anything. I would even submit to you this worry can't bring out a positive outcome in your life. On the contrary, worry subtracts from your life. It is a taker. It is a taker. It never adds to, it deducts. It takes away your peace of mind, it takes away your health, your sleep. Your, your life of worry is kind of like, uh, I remember as a kid we would go to Kmart. Kmart's a thing of the past. And I always remember I wanted to walk through the area where the fish and the animals were. And I'd walk through and you'd look in those and you'd walk by the ones that had the mice in it. And there was one joker, I'd always get on the wheel. I mean, he just run, run, and I'm like, man, that thing is going so fast that he's running, running, running. And you just kind of want to step in there and go, listen, guy, you're not going anywhere. I'm out here, you're in there. You're not getting out. That's kind of what worry does. Worry is kind of like getting on that old wheel and running and running and running. Running, and the only thing is happening is you are expending energy from your life for the things that really matter most. Listen, I I understand. I, I'm not standing up here today saying, "Hey, listen, I've got it all figured out." I'll, there's many days I've worried about the things that really didn't matter. I've got myself all caught up in the things, that, and I've expended so much energy. And we can call it, you can say, I'm not worrying, I'm concerned. Fine. Jesus' word to you today, do not be concerned. (laughs) Whatever you want to call it, you and I know what it is. And the truth is, if you and I have lived any length of time, we understand what it does to our life no wonder that Jesus says don't worry. Don't worry. The third thing that we find about worry is this. Worry sends the wrong message to God. Worry sends the wrong message to God. You see, we're always sending messages to God. It's because He sees our heart And he is infinitely omniscient, therefore he knows my heart, he knows my life, he knows everything about me all the time. The Bible says God doesn't look at the outward appearance as does man, but God looks at the heart. And so when I have engaged myself in worry, what I'm doing is I'm sending a message to God, and the truth is it's not the message we really want to send to him. Look at verse 26. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. You know what? Those of you who love feeding the birds, if you quit, God's still going to feed them. God is not dependent on you buying bird seed. God's got a plan. It says... The heavenly Father feeds them. Then he asked this question, and and it's a question that I think we all wrestle with at some time or another. He says, are you not of greater value than those birds? If every day God provides a way, whatever that means is, maybe, maybe, maybe you are part of God's plan and you feeding the birds is part of God's plan. I don't know but he makes sure that they're fed every single day. I I have never seen a bird ever out holding a sign that says, we'll work for food. (laughs) They're just always taken care of. Every day, they don't get up and think, oh my Lord, what are we going to fix for supper tonight? They're just being birds and in the whole bird process, they're just eating to go through it because he always takes care of them and if he takes care of the little sparrow if he takes care of the cardinal sitting in the bush won't he take care of you and me aren't you of greater value than a simple sparrow God provides for them on a daily basis. Here's here's one of the messages that worry sends to God. It's this one. I'm the one that has to provide for my life. I'm not sure where in human history that part ever came. I don't know if it started when, you know, Uh, We find in the Bible, God puts Adam in the garden, and and Adam's job is to tend the garden, take care of the garden. Sometime later, there came a point where we switched from tending the garden with Adam to we're at the the place of work, and we have a, a time clock, and we stamp our card, and we work 40 plus hours a week and at the end they give a check some of you get a direct deposit but either way your name is on it isn't it? it's mine isn't that funny you wave it and say it's mine and then you give it to all these other people But somewhere in that, I think we got the idea, because I went and expended the energy, because I went, and because my name's on the check, it's mine. And now, because of those things, I have to provide for myself. And yes, I do, don't, don't misunderstand, I'm, I'm not being so frivolous that I don't think that God, God does provide us with a great job. God provides us with a place to work. And, and I would encourage you in this, uh, this is a side note, this part's free, That if you are frustrated with your job, just start thanking him for the paycheck you get every week. If you are, these people are driving me crazy. Think about how uncrazy you feel on the way to the bank with check in your hand. And start thanking him. Start thanking him for the blessing of the job. I understand. God provides for us in many ways. But listen, he's still the father And according to Jesus' words, these aren't Jerry's words. According to Jesus' words, just like he takes care of the birds. And like I said, I don't know all the ways he does it, but he does take care of them. If he does that, he's going to take care of you. And and listen, I don't know all the ways he's going to do that either. But I do trust that that's exactly what he'll do because that's what his word says. Matthew chapter 10, verses 29 to 31 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And yet, notice this. Man, this is such, at the beginning, at the close of another year, walking new year, this is such a good word for us. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. Wow. Even the very hairs Of your head are all numbered. So do not be afraid. Say that with me. Do not be afraid. Say it again. Do not be afraid. Notice what Jesus goes on and says. You are worth more than many sparrows. Friend, you are so important to him. He loves you. He is your heavenly father. And here's what worry does. Worry says, God, you're not concerned about me. God, I'm on my own out here. Think for a moment, those of you who are parents and uh, you know your kids are at home and, and they start worrying about whether there's going to be food on the table at night. And you'll be like, you know what? Listen, listen, listen. don't worry. And your kids are like, I need to get a good job. I know that's foreign words to most of our kids. But imagine for a moment, let's just hypothetically think. Imagine your kid says, I'm going to go get a job. And you're like, why are you getting a job? I want to make sure we have food on the table. As a parent, you would say, listen, listen, listen. That's not your responsibility. That's my responsibility. Because as your mother, as your father, one of our responsibilities is to make sure our kids have everything they need. I want to remind you today, he loves you. He is your heavenly father. He is concerned about everything in your life. The next message that worry sends is this one. What's going on in my life is of little value to you God. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 30. Jesus said, "If that is how he clothes the the grass of the field which is here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith?" How much more? How much more does he care for you? How much more does he care for you than the flowers of the field? And if he goes into such great extreme to make sure that they are dressed so well and they're so beautiful. How much more does he care for you? Does he care for me? If he cares for the flowers of the field that are only temporary, how much more does he care about you? Because you 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 are not like the flowers of the field. You you are not like the birds of the air. You are the only part of creation that he said, I'm going to make you in my own image. You are the only part of all creation that he said, I love them so much. I'm going to send my son to die on an old rugged cross. My son will die to give them life. Friends, he loves you and I more than we could begin. There is nothing on this earth that he loves more you. You are the apple of his eye, not the flowers of the field. You're the one Jesus gave his life for, not the flowers of the field. You are his sons and daughters. We are his heirs. Worry. Worry also says this message to God. You are disconnected from my life. I would venture to guess if you have been a believer any length of time and you have walked through difficulties in life, you've probably felt this way once or twice. Where are you, God? I've heard people say, I pray, and it seems like my prayers go to the ceiling and come back to the floor. And, And we're going through things and we're saying, where are you, God, in all of this? I feel alone and I feel all by myself. When we worry, what we're saying is, God, you're not aware. You're not online with my problems. Therefore, I need to worry about these things because if I'm not concerned, who will be? If I'm not concerned, what might happen to my kids if I'm not worried about them, what, what might happen to my job at, if I'm not worried about it? That's probably a good question to ask. What might happen if you don't worry about it? In fact, let me, let me submit it to you in this way, and I'm not trying to be super spiritual today, but I wonder what might happen if when we're tempted to worry, if we just pull aside and we begin to pray. It's pretty hard to worry and fret and pray at the same time, isn't it? It's pretty hard to declare, you are my deliverer, and oh, Lord, I'm so worried. It's hard to say, oh, God, you are my supplier. What are we going to do? I would submit to you, if you are tempted at 3 o'clock in the morning to worry, maybe the best thing you could do would be to get your Bible out. And begin to walk through the scriptures. Again, don't miss. I'm not trying to be super spiritual. I'm trying to tell you worry won't change everything, but prayer and the word changes everything. <laughs> Notice these words in Matthew 6, verses 31 and 32. So many times in this passage, Jesus uses this phrase, so do not worry. It's a good word to us, isn't it? As we begin a new year, as we look back over the past year, Jesus says the same words. So do not worry. What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Notice these. For the pagans run after all these things. Who were the pagans? Pagans were people who didn't follow God. The, the pagans were people who didn't live for Jesus. They, they were people who didn't have a relationship with him. And so their approach to things would be 100% different than ours. You and I know before we came to to salvation in Jesus Christ, before he saved us, we approached things differently than we do today as believers. And so when it comes to this worry thing, we should approach this not as an unbeliever, but as a believer. He says, for the pagans run after all these things. Notice these words. This is so important. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Man, you've got to take notice of that. The Father knows. The Father knows. The Father knows. So when you and I are tempted to say, God, you aren't aware of what's going on in my life, we need to come back to the words of Jesus, and the words of Jesus is this, your heavenly Father knows. How many of you know that God's timing and our timing is not always the same? Y'all ever get in a hurry? When you are in a hurry, nobody else on the road's in a hurry. I promise when you pull away from the light and you're thinking I am late already for the meeting and they're just uh, they barely put their foot on the gas and they just gingerly pull away from the light and you are inside you are saying things in the car I'm gonna leave all that between you and God. But you're saying things in the car and you're thinking things in your mind and the adrenaline is dripping and your foot, it's amazing what your right foot wants to do when other people are driving. slow! And you're so tempted to see how close can I get behind them and not hit them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? We're in a hurry. They're on a total different time frame. I would submit to you today, God is... Listen to me. God is never worried. God's never late. God's never early. God is always right on time. And so, in supplying the need in my life and in your life, friends, He's never late. He's never early. He's always right on time. You know, Uh, sitting where you're at today, and and across this room, our ages are varied. Some are very young, and some are not so young. But you know what? We're all still here today. We've always had a a roof over our heads. We've always had food in our bellies. We've always had clothes to wear. We've always had everything we've needed, haven't we? Have you ever worried about how the bills are going to get paid? And yet, here we are, the bills always got paid. Uh, You're worried about, how am I going to make it through this? And you made it through it. And yo, know, you worried when the kids pulled away from the house right after they got their driver's license. You worried, worried, and worried, and yet now your kids have kids of their own that's getting their driver's license. Worry. The keys here is the father knows. Our future may be an unknown fact to us, but God is not limited like you and I. God knows the beginning and the end. Worry says to God, you're not aware, so I'm on my own. God, you're not aware, so I need to worry about how this is all going to come together. I need to worry about how I'm going to meet this need. Worry chokes the life out of us. Worry sends the wrong message to God. So if those are the wrong messages, what's what's the answer? What's the right message? What is the whole message? Response to this worry thing. Well, the good news is I don't have three more points. So if you're worried about when the preacher's gonna get done, I'm circling. <laughs> Jesus wants to give you an eye a new direction. And the new direction is this do not worry. And as simple as that may seem to be and as easy to say, it is a change of plan. It's like charting a new course and it's like charting a new direction for our life. I would submit to you the antidote for worry is the word faith. Isn't that what we're called to? We walk by faith and not by sight. Notice the words of Jesus in verse 30. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Now, it's important that we understand he didn't say they didn't have enough faith. In fact, in the original language, really what it brings forth is this we're trusting too little. I would say that's the issue with worry. We're trusting too little. We're not fully engaging. We're not fully taking him and his word. It's not that that I don't have enough faith. It's just that I'm not fully trusting in him. Faith, it's the opposite of worry. Faith is the antidote for worry. Believing the word of God, believing that I do matter to God, believing that God is aware of my needs, believing the word of God and acting on it. Notice verse 33. He says, don't worry. Here's what you need to do. Verse 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I love that passage, verse 33, in the Amplified Bible. It renders it in this way. Seek God's way of doing things. Seek God's way of doing things. If there's anything that might be a great challenge to you and I today as we look forward into 2020, it's this. May 2020 be the year that I seek God's way of doing things. I seek God's way of being a husband. I seek God's way of being a wife. I seek God's way of being an employee. I seek God's way of being a believer. I seek God's way of being a church member. I I seek God's way of conducting life, and, and I seek God's plan and purpose in that. So what's God's way of doing things? What plan has God put into motion for your life and my life? It's not like God is hiding his head in the sand it's not like God is making these phrases and doesn't understand the life you and I live. It's kind of like sometimes we get the idea God's there in heaven and, and he has all, you know, God doesn't have to worry about anything because he has all power. And God doesn't have to worry about anything because he knows everything. And, and God doesn't have to worry about anything because he knows not only yesterday, today, but he knows tomorrow. And so we, we rationalize, I'm not a, really a, a whole lot like God. And, and so therefore I need to do this. His desire is to kind of get you and I over here to His way of doing things. God's way. How many of you know God's way of doing things is the better way of doing things? You see, God's way of doing things, we don't get ulcers from worry. God's way of doing things, we we get a good night's sleep, not a bad night's sleep. God's way of doing things, our blood pressure stays down and not up. God's way of doing things, we give ourselves to the things that matter most, not the, matter, the things that matter the least. You see, He is aware. God knows. But His way is faith, not worry, trust, not fear. The Bible describes it to us this way, believe like it's yours before you even have it. Proverbs 3 and 5 gives us this encouragement, trust in the Lord with all your heart. There's not a passage in the Bible that says worry like a fiend. There's not anything in the Bible that says you need to worry, worry, worry. It constantly tells us trust in the Lord, believe. Jeremiah 30, 33, call on me and I will answer you. Matthew 7 and verse 7, ask and it will be given you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. You Mark eleven and twenty four. Ask and believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Trust, trust that He will bring all these things that are needed into your life. Trust that He is your heavenly Father, and that He's watching over you. When tempted to worry, what do we do? Listen, I'm gonna be real honest with you today. I'm preaching this message, and uh, Colton is gonna be coming in a minute, and we're gonna. We're going to close with with a song this morning. But, you know, I I realize that there's, you know, it's not like we came to church this morning. I'm going to push a magic button over here and then worry is just going to like poof, it's going to be gone. Let me put it to you this way You and I choose to worry. My encouragement to you today is this choose not to worry, choose to trust God. Choose to. Instead of running away from him, I choose to run to him. Choose to stand on his word. Choose. Even when I don't see it, you're working. (laughs) Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Why? Because you never stop. You never stop working. Oh, friends, I want to encourage you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The best encouragement I can give to you as we get ready to launch a new year 2020, what do we need to do? We need to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. Colton, would you come and the worship team if you'll come. This morning as Colton, you know, I, I, I am constantly praying and saying, "Lord, Lord, what do we do? and how do we close today? And when he began to sing that song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. What's the end out for that? I am a child of God. Would you stand with me this morning? And as I was thinking about what we might do, I thought, Lord, do we, do we all come around front and pray? Do we, do we pray where we're what, what do we do today? I felt impressed in my heart today needed to be a day of declaration. A day is a day where you make a declaration over something, and really what you're doing when you make a declaration, you're prophetically speaking Forward. So as we sing today I'm no longer a slave of fear for I am a child of God. We make a declaration today prophetically over 2020. I don't know what 2020 will bring but I do know this God will be faithful. God will see me through. He has never let me down yet. Yet God has never dropped me in the process. He's always brought me. I am only here today because he brought me through many trials and tests. And he will continue to be faithful. And so I'm going to ask today as he leads this song, don't just sing the song with him. Make it a declaration of your life today. Make it a declaration of New Year. And then we're going to close in prayer this morning so just point your heart point your attention towards heaven today and let's make a declaration over our life you unravel me with a melody and you surround me with a song and of deliverance From my enemies Until all my fears are gone And I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child child of God hallelujah hallelujah father today I thank you that you've made us your sons and daughters and I thank you lord that as we launch forward into a new year every day we live we're going to be your kids and every day we live and every month that goes by you're going to be watching over us Thank you, Lord, for reminding us today that you know all of our need. You are promising in your word to supply all of our need because you have everything that we need. Right the palm of your hand. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to be slaves to fear. We don't have to be slaves to worry. Today, in the name of Jesus, I curse the spirit of anxiety and worry and fear over your life. I speak the blessing of peace. I speak the blessing of soundness of mind. I speak the blessing of rest. And I speak the blessing of restoration over your life. I declare for you today, 2020 is a year of peace for you. I declare over you 2020 is a year of rest for you in your body, in your mind, in your spirit. I declare 2020 is a year of emotional, spiritual, and physical health over your body. I declare it in the name of Jesus. Today we speak those things which are not as though they were. (laughs) We ask and believe that we have received them. And we know your word says we shall have them. We're standing on your word. We're thanking you for your word. Thanking you, Lord, for all your good promises. I just pray today your very, very best blessings on these. God, today their heart, they want to serve you. Their heart is to follow you. I thank you, Lord, for these people that are gathered here today in your name. I pray, Father, you'll not take it lightly. I pray you'll respond, and I pray you'll bless them in abundance. Father, we thank you for all of your good things that you bring to our lives. Father, be with each one now today. And Lord, be with us in 2020 and every other day for the rest of our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name. And all the church said, amen amen, and amen. God bless you all. Have a great week. For those of you who can be here with we'll C for the New Year's Eve Bash, God bless y'all. May God's best be yours.